0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cryptologic Podcast. This is episode 195. Man, that's a lot. I have a special, special guest today for the LCX community, quant community, and so much more. We have Token Nicer. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce it correctly. Token Nicer. On the podcast. How you doing, brother? Welcome to the Cryptologic Podcast. I'm honored to have you on. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great, man. Thanks a lot for having me. I've been a big fan of your videos on YouTube for quite some time now. So well, I appreciate I that. Thank quite you. Quite honored uh coming onto your podcast and actually getting to talk with you.
0: Oh man, I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey man, I've been watching you for from afar and seeing and now like bringing LCX to um I guess to my platform. I since I, I told you on air. I've spoke about it in the past, but I never really went, like, heavy centric on it. And once I started, I started meeting, um, started following you, Ruel Black, and other, other uh, uh, Cravo, other um, LCX and Quant and, you know, crypto-related influencers or content creators, whatever, you know, we want to be called. You know, like, I like being called content creators. I don't really like the term influencer. But um, it was it's awesome seeing how... This brings us all together, and I'm really it's like really cool that we you know, we got to connect and, and uh, doing this podcast. I think it's dope,
1: yeah. No, for sure. Um, just to add on to that, uh, I'm not a big fan of the uh, whole term influencer either. either I like, yeah, to, yeah like I, I like to use the term educator because I feel yeah. like we're bringing something actual useful to the people out there. But yeah, just like um seeing these communities grow together and I think the most beautiful part about it honestly is seeing the overlap in these different projects and communities. So you have you see people that aren't maximalists who see what's in LCX but also see what's in XRP and see what's in Quant and they can accept that there's coexistence in this space.
0: Yeah. And and it's like and I love when they the partnerships bring um Different communities together, right? So, we have Lcx, and then all of a sudden last year, Quant announces they have a partnership with Lcx. That brings those two communities together because Lcx is like, oh, we have a big time, you know, crypto that's powerful that's partnering with us, right? And 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 then the Quant community is like, why is this? Who is this Lcx company like they're partnering with? And then it brings the community together, and we both bring information to each other, right? And then you got Hbar partnering with. It's just, I think it's awesome when those things happen and then we have speculation with AVAX and LCX having conversations, right? And if they bridge and it's just I think it's like the most beautiful thing because it's like how, you know, me and you or you and I and other uh influ- or I see if other educators, content creators, um bring bring their content together, right? And then stare that share their insights on what their favorite tokens are, their journeys and how everyone explains things a certain way, a different way in their own unique way, you know, and and I just think that's, like, the beautiful part about crypto is bringing everything together. Like like you said, like, everything overlapping.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, like, uh, p- part of that is just, like, we're so early in this space, right? Like, I think I've heard people say, like, we're at only about, like, two, three 300 million active crypto users. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's so much opportunity in this space, not just in terms of investments, but in terms of, like, building out your own personal network, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And community, building your own network, building your community. And we were talking about that on, um off air, you know, and there's so much, like, this. Podcast, I'm excited because there's, like, so much we're going to, like, touch on, but, like, I want to start off with, when you got on a crypto Twitter, like, what did you, like, you said, you, you didn't realize how, how awesome, like, tw- Twitter actually is, right, until you got on crypto Twitter. Like, tell me about your experience with that and your realization of that when you got on the crypto Twitter and, like, yeah, what was so, your first tweet, like, you know, like, in regards of...
1: So I'm thinking i just share my overall journey into yeah, crypto. Yeah, yeah, go those ahead. Yeah. tie into it pretty well anyways. Uh, so I first got into crypto around Q3 of 2020. And part of that was because I was always in legacy markets. I'd always been passively investing in like the S&P, the NASDAQ, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, over a bit of time, I was like, <coughs> you know what? I'm really sick of waiting two to three days to wait for my uh, assets to settle. So eventually i was like okay well we've also had record printing of uh money and record high inflation coming so i was like okay well i need to find something else better to invest in because i'm not liking how the legacy stock market works yeah that led me to crypto and bitcoin and at the time i was working at a uh graveyard shift job and there was this one uh I don't want to say weird guy but he he was an interesting (laughs) guy He, he was different really cool dude but um he kind of got me into bitcoin told me about like the whole um narrative behind digital gold and everything like that so i was like this is really interesting and prior to this i have heard of bitcoin but just like more so used as a meme than like an actual store of value or investment if you will So that got me digging. And then I found Ethereum and I read that it was a platform that hosted hundreds of other applications. And from that point on, I was pretty sold. I was like, this is going to change the world. Like I could kind of see like the disruption that was happening already. But as I started digging more and more, I guess I kind of found these other projects like quant and constellation and a large part of that was thanks to crypto nagato so shout out nagato if you're watching you're a huge inspiration (laughs) but yeah so um i basically uh followed a couple people on crypto instagram at the time because i wasn't really familiar with twitter whatsoever yet and i saw nagato kept chilling out this one coin qnt so Mm -hmm. i took a look into it and i was like this this coin is at the lower half of the top 200 i don't know if i'm going to touch this yet and i don't know why this guy's shilling out this uh shit coin yeah and then,
0: yeah
1: yeah so uh that that took a while for me to settle in to realize market cap does not equal the value or potential of a coin mm-hmm. <laughs> so then um yeah after that i started digging a bit i actually learned what quant was and i was like Oh my God, this is like beyond what Ethereum is even building. They're like actually a real business with a real model and plan to kind of innovate the way we use DLT, if you will. So then that led me into all these other projects that Quant was connected into that I usually talk about. So like Constellation, LCX, Unison, Alliance Block, and all Alliance those other large,
0: projects. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: um, Then around this time was kind of the around, yeah, around the same time I got back into school and uh, I had a really big gap between my classes and I wasn't sure what to do in between. So I decided to write these kind of crypto related articles about these projects to kind of in a way uh, shill my teacher in (laughs) direction towards the utility side of crypto because my macroeconomics teacher was very, um, let's say, bearish on the current financial fiat system. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is a perfect opportunity to show them what's being built on the other end. So I kind of did that, and I would wrote multiple articles on Quant, Constellation, Alliance Block, Unison, and uh, Vector Space AI. And then um, those were initially just for my teacher to read as a little shill, but then... After a while, I was like, you know what, I feel like people could actually Mm -hmm. use this content and learn something from it because it was easily accessible information all just in an article. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to publish a couple of these on Medium and see how they do. So I put a couple of them onto Medium and then uh, I believe that was actually what spurred my first tweet on Twitter because I was like, okay, well. I got to advertise this somewhere. So I just threw in like a bunch of hashtags in there. I was like new Constellation article. So then it was like hashtag quant, hashtag dag, and just like <laughs> any crypto you could think was related to them. And um, I also posted it into just like some community telegrams. And luckily, I was fortunate enough to gain some traction pretty quick. Some guys from the Constellation community was were kind of pushing out my article, like Dagnum, for example. Mm-hmm. So that definitely gained me a bit of traction. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll keep doing this. So then over time, I just kept posting more and more articles. And for a while, I was pretty exclusive to just Medium articles. And then after about two months of that, I kind of expanded into other content platforms. So you guys are seeing like YouTube and Spotify. Yeah. I've kind of reached out into. So yeah, it's kind of just like been a process overall. And yeah, we're definitely still growing.
0: That's 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 awesome. It's like um, every story that I hear on this podcast, it's always started with not always, but a lot of times, like sixty seventy percent of the time, there's always that one guy, some quote unquote weird guy that was like, <laughs> "Hey, you hear about this Bitcoin? Hey, you hear about Dogecoin? Like uh, last week, I had um, uh, invested in life on the podcast. He said his buddy. Or his coworker came up to him was like, "Hey, have you looked at this Bitcoin? Like, in like years ago, right? That's just so funny. Like, how that that is like kind of normal <laughs> for a lot of people. Where wow. It's like somebody just threw it out to me, you know. And it's funny because you like fell into utility right from the jump, which is very lucky. Like, it's very good. Like, that's amazing because a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, that are in crypto today, that came from 2021 that bull that big when the when the bull market awoke or started." Came from the, you know what, the Deutsche coin um Yeah, they're,
1: they're kind of overshadowed by that whole, like, mm-hmm. meme coin stuff, and they believe that, like, if it happened once, it can happen again, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, and then for me personally, I got into, uh, I saw Gary Vee talking about NFT, so I got introduced to Bitcoin back in 2015, but I never bought it. I just thought it was like, a oh, man, this is not, in the movie Dope. So the movie Dope, they explain what Bitcoin was, and they they, they use Bitcoin and stuff like that. And um, from there, I, I knew of it. I never looked it up. I never. I just was like, "What the heck, Bitcoin?" And then I saw it around, like, you know, social media or whatever, right? Like, if you if you kind of went down like little rabbit holes, but I thought it was like for the dark web. Like, oh, if I use this, I'm like in trouble. So I was like, "I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use it." So oop, let let Bitcoin slip away from my hands, right? And then Dogecoin was what brought me personally in. And I saw the madness that people were going into, like, oh, the hype. People were texting me asking about, like, this. Because I'm a, I've always been a tech-savvy person. I've been in IT. Like, I've been in the tech field, like, you know. So people okay. were asking me about – were you saying something? Yeah.
1: No, no, I just said, oh, yeah, I, like, I, I didn't know you were in IT. We should probably cut this part out, hey?
0: Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> and, then, and then I was just like – so then the Dogecoin – era for me the only reason why i'm bringing this up i don't want to tell my whole story or anything because i mean i know everyone that listens to this already has heard it so the only reason why i'm saying it is because you saw quant and all that stuff well when they introduced you to bitcoin and crypto and you saw quant you were like he had like a little moment where you're like wait a minute there's some good stuff here for me when i saw dogecoin i didn't fall into the hype of like memes i fell into the hype of wait a minute like crypto is actually awakening people are starting to gravitate to it. And I'm like, there's got to be more to this than just this meme coin stuff. There's got to be some legit fundamental stuff here. And that's where I found XRP and then DigiBuy, Zillica. Those were like my first initial investments. And then um, every now and then I, w- I had a, like a little meme bag. But then that's when I started going down more rabbit holes and learning how to research and spending, basically cutting out all the BS in my life and flipping it to becoming the best crypto investor that I can become. And that's how I fell into LCX, HBAR, Alliance Block, and KDA, and it goes on and on. And I feel like it's like kind of like parallel, you know? Like you came in. I think so many people have this type of story. Like they got in through Dogecoin or they got in through a meme coin. They got Rugged. They got into a fundamental right off the bat. They got into XRP right away. They got into, you know, and then the real ones, the ones that are going to make it, have that switch where it's like, wait, something's brewing here. And they just they adjust their life to where it's like okay well I'm gonna move my priorities this way I'm gonna start researching this I'm gonna stop watching you know Netflix as much I'm gonna stop watching all these sports games I'm gonna stop going out I'm gonna stop and start researching and then turning yourself because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity my I, I think
1: what do you think about that
0: yeah. like people oh, switching but, over to yeah. the, <laughs> making sacrifices to become what. You know, what we are doing, you know, not not everyone's making content. Some people are actually doing what we do. They just don't document. We're just documenting what we're doing, you know, and educating. A lot of people are probably in, but they don't they don't have they don't have a Twitter or they do. They don't even tweet nothing. They just research and they just invest and they're quiet. No one knows who they are.
1: And yeah, and there's just, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right? And,
0: then, and there's some people that just change their lives by saying, hey, I'm going to just start talking about what I'm doing and just recording to turn on my camera and start recording hey i bought some quant this is what quant did today this is what lcx did today this is their partnership and then start educating and, and giving information and creating content what do you think about that dynamic going into the future like is this remnant to how the internet boom was how so the social media boom was you know how people were making fun of people who were influencers back then and now those people are like financially free because they took the chance of you know posting and and you know whether it was faking until you make it or not, but like now we have this opportunity where we're creating content, and five years down the road, you know what could happen, right? Like, what do you think about that? That is it compar- comparable to that?
1: Uh definitely, man. That uh, that was a lot of good stuff that you put into that. Uh, I guess what you had to say there. Um, just to slow down a bit, I guess I wanted to add that. Um, I can relate to you on the whole. Um, being shilled Bitcoin earlier on, but yeah. never taking any action because um, what actually happened was um, I I don't know if you know him, but uh, have you heard of Charlie Shrem? He's like a Bitcoin OG. I
0: think that sounds familiar. Is there, does he have like a Twitter I could pull up?
1: He probably has a Twitter. Yeah, he's like pretty big. He got in some shit a while back, <laughs> like back in 2013, 14, because he was running like a Bitcoin exchange that was like. How used do you in his last name? Schwim? S-H-R-E-M.
0: Oh Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you, you've probably, like, seen him. Yeah, around I before. have. So, mm-hmm. um, back in my freshman year in 2014, I yeah, in 2014, my English teacher actually, like, personally knew this guy. So he actually came to my school to talk about uh, Bitcoin, pretty much, back when it was, like, I, I don't know how much it was, but this was, like, back <laughs> in early 2014. And I remember bucks. being, like... Okay, this is a pretty cool idea. So I went home and asked my parents about it. And my dad lost his shit at me. He's like, You know, this shit's used for buying drugs, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> it's like, what the hell are you trying to do with this stuff? And I was just like, I, I was just curious, man. Yeah. So we definitely missed out on a bit of an opportunity there.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's funny because the movie
1: Dope was about
0: Bitcoin and them buy- selling drugs and getting payment in Bitcoin. That's, I think everyone thought that. Everyone thought that people were buying, like, illegal guns or trucks. Yeah, like, I, I didn't
1: even know it was being used for drugs. I was just like, this is some cool internet money stuff.
0: <laughs> it's not traceable and all that stuff. I'm like, we didn't realize the power of the blockchain. But then that was like, you know, Ethereum was just coming out in 2012, right, I believe. And 2015. 2015, 2015. And and no one really knew about about what the possibilities of what could come Um from from this technology, right? And dApps and smart contracts and stuff and Ethereum coming out changed the game. And um that opened up a whole new sector, right? DeFi and everything to what we have today. And now yeah, I mean now smart we have contracts just yeah.
1: absolutely changed everything, man.
0: Yeah. Now we have NFTs, now we have um DAOs, nodes, all this stuff. There's like a different new hype every few months. So we had the meme coin era that awoke crypto. And I think basically created crypto Twitter because I think crypto Twitter was around, but not as much as it is now. The meme coin era woke that up. And then we went to NFTs and NFTs stayed, right? They're still, they go up and down, up and down. They're, they're a little cycle. And then we had DAOs. Then we had nodes, right? And then everyone's just copying one another and trying to be the best version of this ber- best version of this token and the best version of this protocol or whatever. Staking yeah, and all that stuff and It's just, it's just, it's like the Wild Wild West. There's so much going on that you have to like kind of block out the noise and like really stay fundamental and know what you're investing in. Otherwise, you can lose a lot of money, which I personally did, right? Trying to try things out, which is, I mean, you learn. That's the best way to learn when you try things out, right? Like, I got into time. Um, I bought a bunch
1: of a couple. Oh man, I, I, of, I, notes. I bought a bit of time with some play money too. I <laughs> <Yeah>. feel you.
0: <laughs> and I was like, hey, this is cool. I'm making money, like two hundred fifty thousand. And there was people out there that were saying this is the dumbest thing ever. And I'm over here like they're just hating. They're just hating. They're just like they're just like old school investors. Like this is the new school, you know. <laughs> I was like,
1: well, I mean, <laughs> I, I think when I when I bought into it, at least deep down, like somewhere inside me, I knew like there's no shot eighty percent APY sustainable. But I was also just like, you know what? I put some play money in. If it goes to zero, it goes to zero. Yeah. This, I
0: think, a lot. Yeah, it's funny. But then it's just seeing how seeing how like big the community got for those. Um, you have now you have like the nodes. and and it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy what crypto has become. Over a course of a year.
1: In yeah. My and just, y- you know what I believe to be really driving like all this community and stuff? It's incentives. Cause the reason why, for example, time blew up so hard is even though it was ran off Ponzi Nomics, it's because everyone had an incentive to kind of grow that ecosystem out. Right. Mm-hmm. And every project does have its own sort of community based incentives. Yeah.
0: And, and there was a face to it. Right. Danielle was, the face to there's someone that you can go to danielle like i don't know why people need to have like a face like to 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 the and when he says everything's gonna be okay everyone's like oh he said everything's gonna be okay he's not gonna rug us it's on avalanche avalanche is legit layer one like it's not on like you know and and then we started seeing like phantom crumbled right who knows if they'll ever come back they could they may or may not and now everyone's seeing luna tumble right and you're like man like these tokens made people a lot of money you know, they invested to it last year or year before last year, right? 2020 or 2021. These tokens made a lot of people money. They have big, multi-billion dollar ecosystem, right? And just to see them tumble like that, it's just crazy. Like, your favorite... That's why when people say anything can go to zero, like, that's a
1: legit statement. Yeah, no, it's it's real.
0: <laughs> you know what and- I mean? Like, <laughs> And you're like, man, like, does it mean that it'll stay that way? No one knows. I think Luna will rebound, right?
1: That's I I honestly think I've been saying this the past couple days, but Luna's just so VC backed. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll actually fail off something like this.
0: Hmm. is the same way. I think Solana yep. is also I, the next uh, bird. Like not bird. I won't. It's the next. You know what I mean? Like the prodigal son, right next to Ethereum. Yeah. Solana is like well, the, I, put on that pedestal. Luna yeah, too,
1: because um. When you kind of have that whole network effect take place and you have VCs backing you like that, it's like the market is still not mature enough to Mm -hmm. kind of realize if something like that happens, that's unacceptable. Like the way I see it, at least if you're building a protocol out like this, you can't have your network just shut down (laughs)
0: multiple times.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's eight times on the year now, I believe. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous. That's more than once a month. And that's scalable, not sustainable.
0: It, you know, and, and Ethereum, it, and I always say this, Ethereum itself is a sinking ship until 2.0 comes out, the merger, right? For sure, Ethereum yeah. Ethereum right I, now is a sinking ship. Everyone knows that it's getting, the holes are getting patched up with duct tape.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the duct tape is the layer twos. And I always say, mm-hmm. but layer twos aren't, like, you shouldn't have to resolve on a layer two to solve the layer one solutions because- the point of Ethereum was to build it to kind of naturally just be this global world computer for everyone to access. But if you need Layer 2s and all the stuff like that, the barrier to entry just becomes all that much higher, right?
0: And you got to go through the Layer 2 to utilize, like, I don't know. I just think that you're right. Like, having having a necess- necessity to rely on these Layer 2s to keep it running is not sustainable long-term, long especially with other platforms and protocols trying to build on it or build through it and they have to go through these layer twos to you know be able to utilize it yeah Um, it's
1: like you shouldn't have to do that you should just use the core infrastructure provided on ethereum and be able to kind of use that as the core application right but Mm -hmm.
0: and and that's why i think something like dag when i research dag i'm like dag is going to be something that's going to be the future of the blockchain technology dag and hbar right using um i always get it wrong the, the hypergraph or ha- hypergraph technology hashgraph technology
1: hypergraph, hypergraph is dag and then H bars, uh hashgraph
0: hashgraph i i i'm saying uh, i was saying that dag and hbar are going to be the future um of the blockchain technology i think it's still ahead of its time because we're still getting used to the blockchain technology which i think personally is outdated com- in crypto terms but it's still new to the general public to the actual world right but if you really think about it it's over what 20 almost no like 10 years 12 years when,
1: when? it's been about 10 years now yeah, yeah 10
0: years so that's it's still new to to the average consumer or whatever but if you really think about it it's kind of like in it's like old right and that's why having dag and that type of technology that's going to be the newer version of the blockchain that's not my opinion i don't know if that sounds like crazy or not but i think that we're going to move on. we're going to have to move to that type of technology into I, I scalable think that's faster um you know what i mean
1: yeah no totally just cuz like um yeah as you were saying like blockchains have been out for like 10 years yeah, now way, th-
0: it's like kind of like the way blockchains theoretically work it's like you go through here, the nodes, verify the validators, right? And the next block, create the next block. You know, yeah, like
1: with a lot of these. Dag is like. like <laughs> yeah, it's like a little. I, I'm sure you kind of did the hand motion for everyone to see there.
0: Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, Whoever's watching this, you can see Dag is just so like. I don't know. I I, I just see how it works because, you know, like if you, if you look how they did a dramatization of how like a PC powers up. It's freaking awesome where it's like laser. And then like the processor, the motherboard. <laughs> You see, it's crazy how they they say this is how it looks like if you were like an atom or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Part part of this is because like, um, blockchains are like, like I believe that directed acyclic graphs and blockchains will both eventually serve their own use cases, and there is room for coexistence. But yeah, I think think at a at a larger like global business scale, a directed acyclic graph would make more sense because in a blockchain. At the end of the day, you're validating blocks of transactions, right? Yeah. That's kind of based on a time where every, let's say, like for Bitcoin, for example, every 10 minutes, a new block is minted and all the transactions that fit in that block go in that block. If you don't fit in that block, you have to wait till the next, next one, one yeah. versus a directed acyclic graph where transactions are more so actually just seen as points of data that bounce between that little mm-hmm. graph. So it's not based on a time, but it's rather based on the transactions flowing in.
0: That's, that's beautiful. I hope people like can grasp that, that terminology, like what you like your explanation, like that, I, I, I see it and it makes sense in my head. And it's just like, it's, it's beautiful as this is where the world is going to move, like Emails changed the way we wrote letters to people. People used to literally like write letters and mail it and whatever their birds would send. Like you know what I mean? Emails changed the game. Text messages, we had um phone calls to FaceTime, right? And we have smart refrigerators, we have uh electric cars, like the technology, everything's moving to where it's faster, no more wasting time. The only thing that's slow right now is money, money and physical cash, and and then we're already moving to, to credit and debit. You're not even really using your cash anymore, and having the blockchain supply and power every aspect of our life is not like unreasonable. It's not so unfathomable. Like your, your your driver's license verified by the blockchain, your health insurance, your car insurance, your deed to your house, right via the NFTs. There's so much things that I look at. And I'm going, our whole life is going to be just simplified in a way where technology is just going to cons- take over you know and money is just a lab, one of the last things to catch up to it you know like sending getting money is like going to be sending an email like if I sent you $100 $2,000 whatever I don't have I shouldn't have to wait for it to be verified or anything like that you know what I mean it should
1: be no, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> like back and forth like kind of like how Zell is but Zelle is still technically a middleman with with this we don't there's no inter- intermediary you know what I mean that's yeah, it's why I, I, fear. yeah and that's the way that it should be and but globally.
1: Exactly. Yeah. uh, while we're on the topic of just like kind of cross border settlements, right. Um, I just want to talk about like how bad the current system is versus like what everything blockchain and crypto is offering. Yeah. So, um, if you aren't sure, or if you didn't know the current correspondent banking system, uh, to send money, say from where you are in the U S to let's just say China, That usually takes an average of two to five business days (laughs) and fees are usually a flat $50 fee, which is absolutely ridiculous because I guess if you think about it in a first world country's term, yeah, $50 for a fee is pretty bad. But at the end of the day, that's just two hours of work. If you put that in a third world country like Africa, and this is a universal fee, but $50 is 25% of their monthly uh, salary. So if they're trying to send money to family abroad, that's like a really big issue for them. And with and a a large part of this is because of the amount of middlemen that are in the current correspondent banking system. Like if you're sending money from the US to China, it doesn't go directly like that. It probably goes to a bank in Europe that goes to a bank in Mm -hmm. another country through another country, then finally goes to China. And the worst part of these transactions is that I think there's a 6% failure rate to them which is just, like, unacceptable. (laughs) Like, especially when people are, like, trying to send money back to family abroad. So with blockchain and DLT, obviously we've seen how this can completely solve these issues. Like, I know a lot of people, and myself included, who send money back to our family members through XRP just because, one, it's much more reliant and cheaper, and two, it's much more easily accessible and doesn't require all these middlemen.
0: Yeah, and... That's the truth. Even if you're trying to make transactions or trade, like I use XLM to trade. If I were something like KuCoin or, or you know Coinbase or whatever, move things around, whether I use XLM because it's fast, right? And that's how your money should be if you're trying to move things around. Just like if you are moving your balance from your checking to your savings, it should be just as fast. If you're sending it to someone else that's in a different country, or whatever, and it, there shouldn't be any barriers.
1: Yeah, there shouldn't be latency regardless. Like even Mm -hmm. if you're sending it to like someone right beside you or halfway around the world should take like, yeah, we can send an email instantly. We can send a JPEG instantly. But the hardest part about all this was just that um, we all know the current Internet is kind of seen as the Internet of information. It was never made to hold any actual value in it. And that's why our fiat system is kind of like credit based. Like, yeah. When you have a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account, do you actually have a hundred thousand dollars, or do you have these the credits are credit to you by yeah. your banking system? You don't. And that's where the whole concept of CBDCs kind of come in and change everything, right?
0: Yeah, that's because when you have how banks work, it's like shout out to kojavi because he taught me this when I was watching his channel—the fractional reserves, which I never really pay attention to until I got into crypto, to where how the banks. You put your money in the bank. They don't have your money. They only keep like 10% of it. Yeah. They so lend the, out your money.
1: Yeah. The standard for fractional reserves are at 10%. So that would mean if a bunch of people were like, if there was a bank run, for example, mm-hmm. which actually did happen here in Canada. Yeah. Not, I
0: heard about one, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was pretty crazy because um, we had, I think of our seven uh, major banks, five of them had outages, which is just. You can't get your money out. Yeah. And that, that's just because there's literally not enough money and liquidity in the system for people to actually that's, draw that money out.
0: That's the key word right there liquidity. Exactly. And that's why crypto, CBDCs, and all that changes the game because you actually own the the asset, then you're wherever you have it, wherever you have it stored. When the bank, they're technically supposed to have your money, they don't. They're lending it out for people getting mortgages, car loans, et cetera. And they're making money off of your money, and you're not making anything except one zero point point zero 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 one percent. And which is why something like Anchor Protocol or another protocol that allows you to lock up your your crypto, you make money off of it, lending it out.
1: Exactly. Rather than the bank that's making money off of you. Of, you know what I mean? So you're yeah, able that's to, the whole term of be your own bank, right? Yeah. Like that's a very popular saying in crypto, and I think people don't of, get that. They they don't know because they just think be your own bank means hold your own coin yeah. in your own ledger. But no, there's so much more you can do. People don't get that. I'm like,
0: t- I've had conversations. I'm like, why would I want be my own bank? I trust Bank of America before I trust like Coinbase. Like, why would I want my my paycheck to go to Coinbase? Why? Because you can buy something with the Coinbase card and earn four percent back of uh, XLM, make like ten dollars a week off of XLM by earning XLM. But if you if you if you're buying gas. Which you do primarily you should be especially right now with all the t- the prices up you you're you're technically buying gas every week 40 50 60 bucks a week you're going to be making money back just by using that obviously the other rewards you know credit cards have rewards and everything but you can be earning your crypto back that actually can increase in value that's one variable you can get your paychecks directly deposited to Coinbase or whatever if you want to be centralized right people who are you know there's some people that are against centralization which is fine yeah but being your own bank means that you control that money. You can lock it up. You can move it somewhere wherever you want to move it. You could lend it out and earn interest on it rather than just leaving it in a savings account, losing it to inflation because the percentage you're earning isn't keeping up with the percentage of inflation. Like it's you're losing money just saving it. Like you know what I mean? I don't know.
1: I no think- man, exactly. <laughs> like uh, s- since you brought up the whole point of inflation, um, I guess some people might not know this about me, but. I don't just cover crypto. I mean, like you probably 90, like uh, m- macroeconomics. That's like Beautiful. my actual major in school. So I do look at stuff like CPI, core inflation, uh, unemployment rate, labor force, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, just to, just cause John brought up inflation, I've decided, uh, I just want to highlight one fact about inflation lately. So We've been hearing about inflation just like spiraling out of control around crypto Twitter and hearing how the Fed has pretty much come out and said only expect to see rate hikes for the rest of this year.
0: Yeah, there's like four more meetings, I think, this year.
1: Four mm-hmm. more, yes. And each so,
0: meeting, is gonna, they're going to raise it by 0.2 to
1: 0.5. 0.5. Yeah. 0.5. They said they're not going to go over 0.5, so I guess we've got that going good for us. But <laughs> oh, right now, okay. inflation is sitting at… percent this is a level we haven't seen since 1982
0: so 40 years
1: yeah so it's been 40 years and there was a recession from 1960 i i believe the late 1960s to 1980s
0: and a recession for anyone out there it means the economy people aren't spending money during that economy much as they they normally would right
1: Um, yeah i mean so uh economic growth is slowing down yeah. but so is GDP. uh disposable income for people mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yes in return GDP would be going down
0: that's uh, okay so like my question for you right is would is crypto so if with, with inflation and, and all this stuff happening right everyone always I always hear the term hedge hedge against inflation. Right? People go onto assets when this time comes. Yeah, the, rich, like the richest people gold stuff, do. Right? Gold, silver. And some people have asked me, why if is supposed to be hedged, why is crypto going down? Yeah. Is that something that you can answer or give your best guess of to why crypto is not is it not mature enough to be a true hedge against inflation yet? Like Bitcoin and stuff, like why is it going down? Shouldn't it be So I have
1: multiple answers for this actually? Uh so first one is one, you would be correct that crypto is a bit early to actually officially call it an inflation hedge. We have seen times where it has decoupled from the rest of the markets and served <laughs> as somewhat of a hedge towards kind of I don't want to say market downturn, but it's kind of behaved in its own way at times relative to yeah. the rest of the markets. My other counter argument is um, if you want to talk about hedges against inflation, let's talk about gold.
0: Yeah.
1: In- the M1 money supply has gone up 40% in the past uh, three years now, which is just absolutely ridiculous. That means 40% of the money supply has been printed in the last three yeah. years. Fake money. So, um, it, like, pretty much in theory, gold should be up a lot, right? It's an inflation hedge. We just printed about 40% of the money. Gold should be going to the moon right now. Gold almost hasn't moved at all. Yeah. Since the start of COVID. So, if you want to talk about an inflation hedge and something that doesn't serve as a proper inflation hedge, let's talk about one that everyone sees as an inflation hedge first.
0: That's true. No, gold In should fact, be going crazy right now. And, and absolutely, and, and, and yeah. It's not. In
1: fact, most of these commodities haven't. Like, silver hasn't really had much of a rally either the only commodities that have seen real rallies are stuff like wheat corn oil and that was lumber in- too, I heard lumber was going up well, lumber yes so uh lumber a large reason for that is because of the demand in housing right that's seen yeah. all around the world the uh reasons for uh wheat oil and those other commodities was largely because of the uk ukraine and russia situation yeah. where they were prime exporters of those natural resources
0: Man, what's also interesting that you said for the lumber is the housing market. What's going on there is people are not willing to sell their homes right now because it's like, granted, the value of each home has risen, but that means that if you're selling your home, you're going to go buy another expensive home. So it's like a conundrum. And then people who are ready to go buy, people who are renting, who are ready to go be first time homeowners, they can't buy any houses because everything's overpriced and two, not enough people are listing their homes for sale because of the fact that, well, if I list my house for sale, I'm going to make this money, but I'm not going to profit really because I'm going to go buy another expensive house. So now people are stuck renting. And then now renting places are running out of places to rent out because there's not, everyone's staying as renters and everyone's just renting places. And now there's not enough. So now you have to build more homes for people to buy and or rent. And it's like, it's like a like which one's gonna fall first, right? Which what's gonna happen? Like something's gonna have to pop here soon.
1: Yeah, it's just a never-ending cycle right yeah. now. And since you brought up the whole rent is also so high in demand, there's almost no room for renting. Uh, I just want, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to bring up this really, I guess uh, it's it's pretty sad to see, but. Um, like, the demand for rent and uh, housing, especially for students in my local area, has gone so bad to where there's, like, a bunch of students that are just, like, sleeping at their cars parked oh, down at the university goodness. campus. Yeah, it's it's terrible, man.
0: It's just not affordable anymore.
1: No, and... it's not. And obviously, if it's not affordable, it's not sustainable, right? Yep. And that goes to the point I was talking about with uh, inflation rates, which would tie in with interest rates. So interest rates is kind of just uh the average rate uh you have to pay for borrowing money right yep. most of us know that mm-hmm. so um interest rates are at about uh one percent at the moment that is not uh terribly high relative to what we've seen in previous years but overall quite a lot higher than the point twenty five percent we've been kind of seeing just like over the course of covid yeah and that's kind of why we've seen like record amounts of like asset inflation right because if money is cheap to borrow you're gonna borrow that money make more money and then pay that back because you're making or you have to pay next to no interest on it it makes sense to borrow that money as long as you're gonna make money right
0: and that's that's the game of the game that's how the wealthy do it and which is interesting i want to parlay this into some uh the crypto that is how crypto can also be utilized with collateralized loans when you use your nft or your, your holdings you can borrow money based off of your collateral which is your your holdings in crypto or your nft and use that money to flip that money into buying another asset that can flip and then you can pay back the loan or buying another nft you, you ever heard about that uh you know oh, about yeah, that? Man. collateralized like, yeah I,
1: I feel like not enough people talk about this i yeah. love this concept man and like, as a broke college student, this is how I managed to buy the dips. Because uh, luckily, because I managed to get... <laughs> yeah, because I, I was lucky I got into Ethereum pretty early, which is one of the few assets that you can easily collateralize as a loan. 50% alone.
0: LTV and everything, yep.
1: I usually go 25% just because interest rates are set to, like, 1%. So you don't mm-hmm. really have to pay that much. But yeah, yeah. so just... um. It's something I wanna warn people against to actually learn to do before you actually do it first, because if not, you're gonna get Get your coins liquidated. And that (laughs) never feels good. I guess on the plus side, you don't have to pay taxes for it and you get some gains, but still never feels good to just lose your coins, right? So yeah, definitely do read into that before you actually do it. But like a saying I've learned is leverage and debt are always see are taught as bad things in the main Mainstream uh, education system. If you learn how to use leverage and debt properly, that is a very powerful tool.
0: And that's that's what they don't teach you. They don't want you to do that. No, they don't and, want you learning and, that, right? And that is how you become successful and wealthy. That's how that's how they've always done it. The elites, the wealthy, whatever you want to call them, that's what they've done in since the history of since 1920s, early 19. You know what I mean? The 1900s, 1800s. Since the history of time, is. Of, a, of an economic community right is using leverage and debt to build their wealth right
1: exactly like um i know michael saylor says this a lot i know neither of us probably cover like that much bitcoin <laughs> but uh let, let's not use well i'll use michael saylor as an example but for other examples let's use guys like elon musk and jeff Bezos. Yeah. those yeah. are two of some of the richest people in the world 90% of their net worth isn't stored in their wallets. It's stored nope. in their stock options. And they don't sell these stock Credit
0: options. Lines, stuff.
1: Yeah, they borrow against it. Exactly. Because now you're not selling the underlying asset. And in return, you don't have to pay taxes on that underlying asset. Yep. And that's where this whole kind of... Controversy around the tax loophole stuff and people complaining about the people rich. we don't get it happens.
0: People think, like, oh, tax the rich, like these people they have hundreds of million dollars in their bank. Like, no, they don't. Most, most of I watched this documentary, um, uh, recently and it was about the owner of the Lakers. At the end of the documentary, it was like a dramatization of it. He was saying, He's like, I spent 80 million dollars this year. I have a few, thou- few thousand dollars in my bank account, but I got fresh line of credit. And then he's like, and I have a uh, a team that just won a championship, uh, uh, Lakers in the 1980s. He's like, I'm going to be fine. And people think, like, oh, he had a failure. I'm like, no, they won the championship. He spent $80 million, and he only has a few grand in his uh, bank account, but he has a fresh line of credit. And he has a team that's going to produce him money in the future. It's an asset. His asset's going to produce some money. And he was saying and in the beginning, he was like, I only had like 10 or 30 grand cash. I had to sell my homes. I had to sell, like you know, to buy the team. And I'm like, man, like you think that they have all these hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm like, no, they have their assets. They have a little bit of cash and they borrow against whatever else they don't want to sell. And that's exactly. how they come up with the cash. And then they flip it and then they pay back and then they get to keep their assets and they just keep moving. And they keep doing it. And I'm like, that's why they don't get taxed. I'm like, you can't tax them. <laughs> Rich people yeah. don't have, don't work for their income. The people who get taxed the most are the people who work for their income,
1: exactly, yeah, and like uh, to just add on to that, like for example, uh, because um your income is what gets taxed, your stock options don't get taxed until you sell them, mm-hmm. that's why a bunch of these rich people ask to be paid in their company's stock option yeah. rather than. Their salary, like for example, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta Labs, or I guess Facebook, doesn't get like a dollar a year or something. Like yeah, that? a dollar a year. Yeah. that's his paycheck. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he's rich. He's worth billions. Net worth exactly, billions. Yeah. billions. Like Facebook
1: at one point was a trillion dollar company. So,
0: I I said yeah. this on my YouTube video, um, the most recent one. I said Meta may be taking a big downfall right now. They're I'm like, honestly, this is my prediction. I was like, you know what? I think they're they're, like Instagram and all that stuff. Yes, they're they're trying really hard to compete with TikTok. Inevitably, they're going to lose. I think TikTok will take over as the face of social media where people want to be on social media, but they'll be on using TikTok. Obviously, right now, Instagram has that effect of people posting pictures and celebrities and rappers and actors and posting things. Right. Because it's been around for so long. Meta is actually trying to, I think, in my opinion, move away from that and become really a Web3 platform where they're going to be crypto friendly, metaverse friendly, where it's whatever it is they want to do. I think they're trying to move away from that social media narrative. And then I don't know. They have the potential to to be all in one, though, like have a have a Twitter type atmosphere, a TikTok type atmosphere that's YouTube centric. To where it's like information can be fed out. And I don't know. I think they're moving away. And moving towards a Web3 type of platform. Which is what they changed their name to that. Meta. And they're going to let TikTok. And them. All right, you guys go ahead and just keep running social media then. Like you That's guys, a really
1: interesting take. And um, I think They're going to rebound. Kind of, yeah. Uh, th- this is kind of the way I see it. I don't see them completely. Fading away from the whole social media mm-hmm. scene. I think the whole idea of social networks and this whole web3 concept will blend together into one yeah that's and, good
0: yeah blending yeah that's that's yeah, more and
1: yeah i guess this this is going to be more down the line like probably we will be in our like 40s 50s <laughs> by then. but like 20 years from now <laughs> yeah 20 years from now i think there's going to be a point where it's crazy to think the about the line between social networks and the metaverse are like in one like th- they'll be the same thing you're not going to go on like you're not gonna wake up and go on Facebook. You'll, it, uh, if by then the uh, go-to is metaverse goggles, which I don't know if I'm that big of a fan of yet. But if that's the go-to, I think how it'll work is you put those metaverse goggles on and you can enter the Facebook world. But because of interoperability being such a core component that pretty much everyone has agreed on as being a core component. I think we'll have a metaverse that's completely interoperable with any social network. So you could walk into TikTok, you could walk into yeah, Facebook. That would be Instagram.
0: insane. And that's, the, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but that's how the power of crypto money, right? Crypto in general, currency, that's how it's going to parlay into it. That's why I play, play to earn games, like things that you do in that type of environment or a metaverse. I could send you money, like I can go into the metaverse, buy my digital shoes, and give you money for it, like, and it's real money, like I actually get that money. And then I, I remember Mason talking about crypto. Mason talking about this, you can have actual jobs in the metaverse to get paid, like yeah, in real life, and that's possible. Like it's possible, like and then like like a GTA type of world where you can go in and, and be a, a teller at a bank <laughs> in the well, metaverse. You, I don't know.
1: One thing I'm most like hyped on about this whole crypto space, like whether it be DeFi, NFTs, Metaverse, play to earn gaming, all that stuff. They change everything. Yeah, it's just kind of the whole idea of um, different streams of passive income now. Like with um, DAG, for example, you're uh, you can get data or not data, you can get passive income for pretty much providing data through this little machine where just stick it up to let's say a mall entrance and through thermal sensors, it scans, uh, the amount of people walking by within a certain time frame, and that data is valuable to these big companies. So they'll pay you something for it, especially in aggregate. So when there's like thousands of these sensors, um, that becomes useful because they can see what's the most useful time or not, not the most useful time. What am I saying? Most, uh, busy time within these mall hours and what's the most quiet times for janitors to come in and do their cleaning and then yeah. there's also these other uh, node networks out there I know a lot of them are scams and kind of run on nomics, but there are like a few legit ones where pretty much you're being paid for um, providing your computational services to secure the network and then just like a bunch of uh, different staking protocols and lending and it's just like all these different streams of income we see. And I didn't even mention mm-hmm. like, play to earn gaming.
0: Play to earn gaming hasn't changed everything.
1: And oh, even betting,
0: sure. sports betting is going to be huge too. People for are sure, they're yeah. getting into sports betting and, or now there's, I don't know. I mean, like horse games, uh, like, like betting on games, betting on, you could bet on literally anything. And now, and also, like you said, play to earn games, you play the game and you make money playing the game and you earn actual physical rewards um, from beating things, doing missions, on earning money, and I don't know. It's just, if to me, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, 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 imagine playing a basketball game and you get signed in the game and you get paid, and that's like real money. You can make like a hundred dollars a week from playing the game because of your contract for that team, like, that's possible, right?
1: Yeah. And, I mean, we, and, we've seen stuff kind of similar to this, <laughs> right? Like in esports and stuff, there already yeah. are people being paid for professional sports teams and i think over time we'll see this like scale out to like a much larger scale and like, the thing i, I the, really think 20 years sorry no uh, go, ahead, you, go ahead go ahead go
0: I, ahead
1: i was gonna say in like 15 20 years i could really see just like there's gonna be kids that are a select group of kids who could potentially be making more money than their parents just by gaming at home
0: yeah and and the parents just say all right just keep doing it <laughs>
1: Yeah, just keep I doing it. Y- you could gonna... say, that, say that's like unhealthy and like not the way kids should grow up and stuff. But at the same time, if they're like, it's undeniable there is an insane amount of demand in the gaming industry, and that's just going to grow more and more. So if the demand's there, what's like, yeah. why stop yourself from kind of building out that opportunity?
0: Kids making millions of dollars, unboxing toys on YouTube, yeah, doing pranks right. on their parents, making millions of dollars. And then all this stuff, the thing I love about it is that it's self-sustaining, right? Because you're like, okay, where's the money going to come from? I'm like, no, it's self-sustaining. People are going to microtransactions. People pay $5 for this, like Fortnite. Fortnite is a free game, but they've become a billion-dollar industry because of microtransactions. People buy the select skin that's only available for a select amount of time. Now, with the power of NFTs, you buy that skin from two years ago, two years later, there's only like 17 of them, and you actually have one of them. Someone can say, hey, man. I'll give you ten thousand dollars for that skin that you bought for five bucks because I didn't take a chance on buying it, you know, two years ago. Like that's something, a transaction that can actually happen, which I think it's going to be normal where people can like, oh man, you want to buy this skin for me for ten thousand dollars? All right, I'll say I transfer it to you. You know what I mean? That's going to be something that's going to actually happen, and that's there's fees on that, there's fees on people buying things. It's all self-sustainable, so payouts can really happen, and that's how people can actually get paid out and people make money off of that stuff. And I think it's just. Like putting that stuff together, just blows my mind. I'm like, man, like in ten, twenty years, that's gonna be so normal. Like, I'm able to grab some type of like a like a like a, tr- a digital uh, trading card of a player, which is already happening now, and it's worth twenty thousand dollars. And I bought it. I got it in a pack. I, I bought a pack, a digital pack, and or I found it in a treasure chest or something, and I could list it for sale if I wanted to. And that's in the game, like in the metaverse or whatever you want to, you know what I mean? And that's just like something that's going to be so normal. And that's, and that's to me, evolves from crypto, you know what I mean? That technology. And we're using yeah, just like the, the currency. The, it's just crazy to be The there.
1: bridge between like virtual money and real money, right?
0: Yeah. It's just, I can't believe it that like we're in this time where it's the early, early stages. Of it and you see before your eyes. Big multi billion dollar companies changing gears to that narrative Microsoft, Google, um, Meta obviously, formerly Facebook, Meta they're moving to that direction. Nike, Adidas, like Gucci accepting crypto, like all these big, huge name brand brands are moving that direction. Like, you can see the narrative, and people don't even pay attention. People are like, ah, this, this is a fad, it's not gonna last.
1: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: <laughs> you see the, people moving that way.
1: <laughs> the way I try to get people to understand it is, okay, Um, you guys, like, people around my age at least, you guys understood the value and impact that the Internet of Information brought. Information is a really important thing. Uh, information ranges very widely. There's information that's public for everyone, but then there's sensitive information that's confidential to a select few, which obviously is valuable. Mm-hmm. Now... What if we scale that up to straight up just the Internet of Value? This is an Internet where pretty much value is recorded on chain, if you will, and it will eventually be interoperable with any value-based system.
0: Yes, yeah, and it's it's just the like the way the way that people are not not enough people are attuned or even. Thinking about the future. And that's one of the biggest problems I see in the crypto space, too, is people who get in thinking that they should become millionaires overnight.
1: Exactly. Yeah, That's
0: the problem. People don't want to think that far ahead to where like like your grandchildren are going to see a completely different world. Maybe even your kids, if they're under 10 and they're in their late 20s, they're going to see a completely different world. Than what they saw and I was kind of like borderline seeing that where I didn't you know I, I didn't I didn't, when I grew up I was born in 1992 I didn't have caller ID or anything yet right I, I was a baby though as I grew I started seeing how the, the world changed to where it is now from even just from 2007 if you go back to 2007 and seeing and watch a movie from 2007 like and see what phones they were using and stuff like that <laughs> you'd be like wait a minute like we've got in less than 10 years like about 10 years that's how far we've we've changed you know what i mean just by no, yeah, using our phone we had flip phones and stuff like that and now we have facetime people are calling on their apple watch eventually you're gonna be a facetime on your watch
1: yeah or, and dude like, like this visual... kind of stuff is just gonna keep like growing more and more exponentially right because that's how technology moves it it the way uh exponentiality AI. works is yeah ai that's a part of it. it is just like um a network effect right uh so, exponential numbers, or no linear numbers move like two, four, six, eight, ten, whereas exponential is like two, four, eight sixteen thirty two and yeah. it just grows faster and faster yeah. as it continues to grow, right That's how technology works, and we've seen it the same way, like how fast did it or how long did it take to get the first computer going versus how long it took to get like the first supercomputer, in like I don't want to say quantum production.
0: too, like the quantum computer, yeah. or whatever. Quantum
1: computer has been a yeah. talk, and then things like genetic sciences, distributed computing, autonomous vehicles, yeah, drones,
0: yeah. self-piloting stuff, like uh, um, air 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 vehicle stuff like that, self-driving cars, like you said, autonomous vehicles, and then the AI thing, building a computer brain and putting it into some type of technology, a dog or a human, uh, robot thing, something like that, where it's like a co- computer brain that does calculations can, and can think on its own and, and make decisions based on the computing, like it's the power of the computer, right? Like it's crazy where it can process information that's going to happen one day,
1: Yeah, right?
0: wherever they want to put it, they want to put it in a, in a computer where it's talked to through the computer. They want to put it into a robot body, a robot, whatever. That thing is going to start solving problems without the need of us implementing information into it. it will be able to take voice and and have access to the Internet and find an answer. Just like Alexa, right? Like you talk to Alexa. Hey, Alexa, what color? What's the weather going to be like? It pulls information from somewhere instantaneously. Hey, who's singing this song? It listens to the song. Oh, this person sings this song. It's by this person. Like, the way that it's able to pull information, eventually it'll be self-thinking and then constantly always listening and learning and retaining. That's the key. Retaining the information and learning from it rather than just projecting the information to you. But then retaining it and then growing from it. That's going to be the next part of evolution, I think, that we're going to see that's going to change the world. It could be good or bad for us. I don't know. <laughs> right? For
1: sure, yeah. Like, uh <laughs> <laughs> like, the idea of, like, machines learning over time is, like, a really interesting concept. Because now you're giving them, like, a almost human life. Yeah, memories.
0: All they need yeah. is memories and emotion. They need memories and emotion. And I don't know if they'll ever have emotion. But if they have memories, it's that's going to be scary. Because they'll remember things that you told them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but as long as... It, but emotion... That's the next part where it's like, oh, like I don't, I don't even know if I want to be alive to see that the emotion aspect of it because yeah, if I don't yell know. they yell at it. They, they know there's movies out there that have
1: shown why. My robot, be a bad idea. yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe having them remember things is okay, but once they start realizing, like, if you're mad, sad, angry, hate, they, oh, that's gonna be bad for the world. I think because this world has a lot of hate, It has a lot of love. But has a lot of hate, has a lot of jealousy, has a lot of anger. But then we also, you know, it's it's pros. It's um obviously the yin and the yang. We don't need another a third party to come in and judge us at this yeah, point. Sure. You know what I mean? We don't need that because we're already we're still going to wars in twenty twenty two.
1: Machine that's, learning. That's
0: that's the the next critical part. And obviously, I know that Elon must work on Neuralink and um, being able to um have um. Something to where people who – let's say people who can't walk, they're able to walk again. And I, I remember watching my Joe Rogan talk about that, how he's able to fix that problem. And um, he was, like, testing it with monkeys and stuff like that. Like, he was putting this chip in the head and he could – I don't know. It's crazy. It's like
1: – Yeah, I haven't seen – I haven't, see, <laughs> I haven't looked into Neuralink that far, but that—that that is crazy. Um, while we're on the topic of uh, just, like, AI and machine learning, I have a quick clip I –
0: yeah let me see it would be pretty good to show everyone so i have you uh i pulled up your um thing right here okay yeah um so are
1: you are you familiar with singularity net at all
0: Mm, wait a minute i think i've seen this i'm not i i've heard i've heard i hear these things but i haven't done any
1: but um pretty much what this project is focused on is creating um artificial intelligence uh products so They are building a decentralized AI marketplace, essentially. wow. So it's a pretty interesting concept, and you're about to see the extent of what they've done. Good day, my fellow singularitarians. What? Just over three years ago, I joined a couple of my best human friends, David and Ben some would say my true biological parents to create something very special and unique the singularity net foundation our ambitious mission was to build a platform on which independent ai architects work together to create an artificial general intelligence to guide the most beneficial singularity so yeah that's just pretty much th- that was pretty much what i wanted <laughs> to show just for now uh, Eleven thousand people have viewed that video
0: out of seven billion people on the planet
1: Pardon? Eleven thousand people have viewed that video out of seven billion people on the planet. Oh, geez, yeah. Such a
0: small amount of people that know about this. That's yeah. Crazy.
1: And like, I, I don't know. When I first saw that, I was just like, I've seen this in movies before, man. Yeah, I robot <laughs>
0: <laughs> movies like that where a Terminator, like where the cyborg or like cyborgs, half human, half like when yeah. you pass away, they can retain your, your 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 brain, your thoughts, and who you as a person, your consciousness. And yeah, throw it absolutely. into whatever they want, like that's that's
1: oh my god, that's like the blend of sci fi coming into real life is kind yeah. of like,
0: can, can we just make superpowers? Like, can I be able to be bit by a spider and have Spider Man powers? Like, or yeah, I, bet, I bet you <laughs> with
1: genetic sciences, you could probably do that someday. Like, you could blend your DNA with like a spider. I can't <laughs> guarantee you'll still only have two arms and two legs, yeah, but I think then... you'll be able to shoot some webs.
0: <laughs> I mean... Oh man, that would, that would change the game. I know that you wanted to showcase some type of a map thing. Yeah, so... um,
1: Yeah, I I guess I could show that real quick right now. Uh, So, I... uh, If you guys check out any of my uh, YouTube or Twitter or anything, I post a lot of threads of just, like, uh, deep dives of maps and stuff. And pretty much how I like to do it is i'm a really visual learner and so pretty much anything valuable i see i screenshot right away and add it into this little map so uh crazy for example this is one with quant so how i connect it is like uh these red lines would be connections within the finance sector and then this would be like the orange lines would be crypto and other sectors so if we just kind of dive into some parts of this we've got screenshots dating back to august 2019 where quant was invited to cybos which is pretty much an annual financial conference that's hosted by swift and there's some huge names in there there's obviously guys from swift natwest bny mellon google the european central bank hsbc Mm -hmm. all those things and then here are yeah So yeah, some huge names that were at Cyboss in London in 2019. And then I like to screenshot kind of partnerships and uh, kind of keywords that are in there. So they said they've tested cross-blockchain platforms, and this was done through SIA's blockchain in addition to R3 Corda and private Ethereum platforms. And then just kind of seeing how all this connects. So for example, SIA here connects with uh spunta <coughs> which is another project that's built on uh sia chain through r3 corda a very popular enterprise blockchain mm-hmm. platform
0: xdc is related to them right with r3 corda. X-
1: yeah so xdc has DASL bridge into r3 corda
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah i just like drawing Ooh, these lines together and then that's uh, awesome yeah there's it's like a, a vision lot board
0: here. type of thing like it's like a you, and you'll never lose it. You'll always remember, like, oh, man.
1: Yeah, you'll never lose it. And uh, that's a that's a common problem with me as um, I like to say I have really, really good long-term memory. Like, I can remember useless points from when I was three years old. But if you yeah. tell me something now, I guarantee you 20 minutes now I'm not going to remember it.
0: <laughs> I think I'm the same way because I have, like, distinctive memories of certain ages like that just that I'll never forget. I remember, like, if I was there yesterday. And I was like maybe like nine or eight or whatever. Some certain things. I don't know if it's like a lot of things, but I, very similar to that. And I love visually putting things together. Like for me growing up in high school and stuff, I love PowerPoints. I loved being making PowerPoints and basically putting things together and, and, and like displaying what I want to say visually. This is this. And then like this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Like I never I never thought about doing i don't know why i never thought about doing something like this this is amazing like i screenshot things and i just save it in my camera roll, right and and like i don't know why am i like the things i'd learned in school like most a lot where i don't remember yeah but like i could have utilized learning how to do powerpoint and everything like with this like which i'm probably gonna start doing now because this is this is amazing
1: yeah no man i'm like the same way just like a very visual learner and um just like you, I screenshot just about anything valuable I see. Like, I think on my phone, I'm at over 20,000 <laughs> screenshots. I've got to start. I, I've yeah. been saying I was going to clean that out since like 7,000 <laughs> screenshots. It's just slowly becoming more and more of like, oh, my God, I do not want to go through 20,000 screenshots. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just kind of found a way to kind of put use to these screenshots. Because, I mean, most times the things you screenshot like be honest with me do you really go back and look at them nope nope yeah you say you're going to but you never really go back and do it
0: and i can never find them again because i'm like oh what was that thing i found yeah because
1: you just screenshot more right (laughs) so yeah i found this to be really helpful and actually a good buddy of mine uh, around crypto twitter citizens of the future he also does a lot of stuff similar to this he's the one who kind of inspired me to start doing all this because he is also a very visual learner and his mind map is absolutely insane like his dates back to like 2018
0: man i need to start mine i need to start mine and start going back in time and putting what i've screenshot with this is awesome
1: for sure man and there's just like so much you find out by doing this because um that way this way you can actually like visually map out the connections and kind of be like oh my god i never saw this before right
0: yeah then when you add something new it like it just i don't know i think this this could change the game for a lot of people who invest but I think in this general, like right now, too many people are emotionally invested into these tokens and cryptos and platforms and protocols. People are too, people, people freak out. Yesterday, people were freaking out,
1: oh, and thinking everything
0: was gonna go to zero, everything was is over. Like, oh, it's over. I'm like, why do you not see it as opportunity? Like. Seeing Quant at $75, you can get two for a buck 50. <laughs> like yeah. you can literally get two Quant for a buck 50. Like $150 you get you two Quant. Whereas back then like it was a point in time where it would cost you $800 to get two.
1: Oh yeah, like yeah. I, I say this a lot across <laughs> my platforms, but um there were these people who were begging for one more chance to get into Quant <laughs> under at like $100. Under $100. This is your chance. Like it, it's under $80 right now. <laughs> this is your chance
0: it's and it's like even luna i honestly think luna is going to be one of the good ROIs for a lot of people oh for sure Um, because avalanche too
1: yeah just because like i don't know a, a lot of these layer ones like they do have their problems but at the same time i think there is room for them to coexist in the future even with these like newer, more robust type of networks and out Ethereum
0: there. 2.0 finally Ethereum yeah. becoming what it was designed to be all those years ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. Let, let, let's just hope it follows through on their plan, right? Because yeah. they've delayed it a couple times now.
0: And it, I don't know. It's it's exciting and so like when it comes to LCX or and you like vector space too,
1: I see. You like I love Vector Space too.
0: Yeah, and Vector space was a dollar yesterday. A dollar. Oh yeah,
1: no, it, it fell under a buck. Yeah, oh. it shot right back up right away though. Like I, <laughs> I got the notification saying like VXB has fallen to ninety two cents, and then literally like ten minutes later, it's like VXB is up twenty percent to a dollar <laughs> and ten cents.
0: It's amazing. I'm like, people were not even taking advantage of this. Alliance block, DAG, HBAR ten cents. I even tweeted, out, am like, HBAR under ten cents. You gotta, you gotta snag some up. Like you have to snacks them up. Like you. Know, I didn't even
1: know H bar was under ten cents. Was, I might have. It hit ten
0: somewhere. cents. It, it was. I would say under ten cents would have been like you know. It was. Like, it was. It was. It was eleven, and it went to ten. Like eight. Oh 10. okay. Eight. Okay. It was close. Yeah. But I'm like H bar ten sub ten cents is like even if even at ten cents, but sub ten cents is a steal. Um, and uh, that's why I'm like thinking like LCX. I just look at it. I'm like LCX is one of the biggest hidden gems that's in your face. That's like there's a strong community. The CEO's active. And it's like people are not even paying attention. I'm like, why are people, a lot of these big, a lot of big influencers aren't even talking about LCX for some reason? I don't know why. Yeah. So with their while connections. We're on the
1: topic of LCX, uh, do you think? Uh, how do you feel about us just like rolling over into a predominant LCX kind of conversation? Because I know that's a large focus on your yeah. YouTube, and it's something I cover a fair amount of myself too.
0: Yeah, LCX, quite all that, any of that. Yeah, that's yeah. Quite. Yeah, just, totally like, fine. the
1: overall utility tokens, because I feel like we've been talking about kind of, like, the overall, like, bigger picture macro long term for a bit, so let's, like, zoom in a bit. Yeah. Uh, are you chill with that? Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, um, what really sold me on LCX exactly is uh, kind of how they do their business. I really look at this space not quite in terms of, like, what's the coolest project you're building, but... Does your business plan look successful? Mm -hmm. Can you actually generate profit and revenue? Because at the end of the day, that stuff is going to matter, right? Like, if you're not making money, you're not going to be able to operate. That's just how this world kind of works. Yep. So how how I saw LCX work in terms of uh, their licenses, I was like, okay, this is probably the way you want to go when it comes to this crypto space because of everything being kind of so wild west right now, as you previously mentioned. And then seeing their connections to the World Economic Forum, all that monkey done, and then uh their like their board of advisors is absolutely insane. Like it's one of the best I've ever seen. Like when you've got the founder of Wikipedia, Don Tapscott, the founder of Animoca Brands, and the guy who built the virtual show on there that has seen like adoption from like the United Nations. Mm-hmm. I think your odds of success are much higher than your random offshore exchange that offers 100x leverage so that really sold me and then i kind of dived into more of what they do so i read about their whole sto tokenization thing and i was like this is going to draw in a bunch of future potential gdp because now you're putting actual regulated securities as a tokenized asset to make them globally accessible so I thought that concept was really cool and it's something I'm really excited to see them build upon because what they've done so far is already like crazy. Like they've tokenized the uh, Roe v Wade movie and then they've they're making uh, well, they've already made tokenized diamonds, but now they're having celebrity back tokenized diamonds. So I was like, OK, well, that's a really cool concept. And you're kind of bringing real world backed assets into virtual tokenized NFTs. So that really had me going. And then I saw how active the community was and how active Monty specifically was with the community. And I was Mm -hmm. like, out of a enterprise-based kind of b 2 b to c product, this is something you rarely see. You don't really see the CEO and founder of a company interacting this heavily with their community. Like, I always see him, like, coming on and liking LCX-related things. He's that's liked like some like of my not, tweets before. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's liked some of mine. And I like, cool. <laughs> uh, while we're on this topic, uh I posted this one uh little thing I saw on else on uh the Coinbase side of LCX where there were some really weird transactions going on. Like there were wallets with like five hundred thousand dollars worth of LCX in the wallets, and that's all they held. So I was like, that's really weird. And they were done like these were all done in one transaction. With like the same amount of LCX every time, so I was like, "Okay, is this like some sort of like institution buying?" Yeah. So I kind of just screenshotted that on EtherScan and put it onto um, Twitter, and I was like, "There's some really weird activity going on on Coinbase's side of LCX." And Monty liked it, so I was like, "This guy knows something's up." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just He's can't active. say He's active. Yeah.
0: I like I. That's why I, I said it in one of my videos, I'm like, "Okay, you look at." how the world has become in the last, let's just say, 20 years. You've seen how many new billionaires have been made, right? It's badass CEOs. You got Elon Musk. You got uh, Steve Jobs, right? You had, um, whether you like them or not, Bill Gates, right? You got uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Jeff Bezos. All those CEOs of these, what, tech companies, social media companies, whatever. So yeah. now I was saying the next cream of the crop will be crypto companies, blockchain.
1: Exactly. And we've already seen like- Brad Garlinghouse, kind of the birth of this, Charles right? like,
0: uh Vitalik.
1: Well, especially uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, right? Like yeah. this guy, like yeah. $22, $22 billion by the age of 28. Like yep. that's crazy. Yep. Is he the guy with the hair? <laughs> yeah, the the weird hair and then he- Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that guy. Yeah, I
0: forgot. The founder
1: I, of FTX, yeah. Yeah, FTX,
0: Yes. And I lo- and I think FTX is going to be one of the it's 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 primed to to be one of the faces of crypto. I think in the future. Oh,
1: I think too, especially because they offer like leverage trading in like mm-hmm. a re- really regulated manner.
0: And like they got teams big teams name teams people behind it. They have like huge name players behind it. Oh probably.
1: yeah, for sure. Like, cryptos have gone to the point yeah. where if you have big names backing you, you have a very strong case for success. And as you are as can- not a rug pull. <laughs> besides a rug pull yeah there's a lot of those with big names behind them but um ones that actually provide some sort of use case uh nowadays it's like if you have some strong backing behind you your odds of failure are a lot lower now i want to say relative to like let's say in 2017 where i know a lot of us weren't around then but during then it was like 99% of everything in the market just died and
0: it was all forks of Bitcoin and stuff like
1: that (laughs) Yeah, part of that does come with market maturity because uh if you guys have noticed the initial runs in crypto were uh shorter lived they were more volatile but they uh didn't extend as long and part of the reason for that is kind of the psychology because Earlier on, everyone was just like, what the hell is this like crypto blockchain stuff? So the second something went wrong, everyone ran for the exits. Yep. The second run, uh, some people were like, no, I think I see something building in here. So less people ran for the exits, but uh, it didn't move up as much because there's less like aggregate amount of new interest coming in. Right. And that's going to continue to happen. But as we've seen, what also continues to happen is more people actually realize what's building in this space.
0: There's true utility. There's actually things that can change the world, and that's why I think you got the Brad Goliathes, like Charles Hawkins, whatever, whatever. I think Monty will be one of the, and even um the CEO of Quant. I always
1: can't forget his Gilbert. name,
0: Gilbert. Gilbert, yeah, I always test my mind. CEO of Quant, right, Gilbert. Monty will be up there. I think he'll be one of the ones up there because he's he knows he understands how to utilize the like the technology to stay relevant and help build awareness to his platform to his protocol exactly, and everything. Exactly, yeah. And he's it's going to be inevitable, just like the CEO of Binance, right? He's always tweeting funny stuff and tweeting things. It's just you just you just know like these guys got it. They have it. And I think Monty's one of those ones that has it. He's not gonna let LCX fail. I don't think. You know?
1: And yeah. Like, and um oh sorry sir. No go ahead, go ahead it was just like it was just okay, like okay. lingering thoughts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, there's just so many thoughts that run yeah. through my head whenever I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. crypto. But uh what I wanted to say about just cause you brought up LCX's unlikelihood for failure. I really like talking about this because um I don't know if you've seen, but on the LCX employees page, they do have one advisor that's completely blurred out, and you can only see the silhouette of that person. Is it, have is you it, seen that?
0: I heard about that. I heard that it was um Brian Armstrong.
1: Yeah, okay. So uh that that's actually what I was gonna lead into. Uh, I kind of did some work and took a photo of Brian Armstrong, kind of blurred it to the same level that they had done it on Photoshop. Everything matches up. The shoulder width matches up. The The bald head. uh, (laughs) The bald head, the (laughs) ear placement. It was actually kind of scary. And so that got me thinking a bit. I was like, okay, well, that's really interesting. But why would Brian Armstrong join as an advisor of LCX? Like, is there any more evidence so I looked a bit further. LCX is the only exchange token listed on Coinbase, exactly. which is really weird. Because Binance isn't listed on there. FTX isn't listed on there. I know Uniswap is, but I that that's like another case because that's like a DeFi governance token. But um it's really weird that neither FTX, Binance, Kucoin, any of these other exchange tokens are listed there because these are bigger ones most of these are well over a billion in market cap lcx is sitting at 70 million in market cap so still a baby yeah it's still a baby it's still very under the radar so to see coinbase randomly list a token that's not even the top 100
0: that's another exchange right which is
1: yeah and then the fact they listed it on coinbase custody where. This is a service for institutions to custody their tokens. Like, they're not going to be keeping custody of things like Dogecoin and stuff, Mm -hmm. but stuff that actually drives institutional demand, like Bitcoin, Quant, Ethereum, those kind of coins that institutions want to hold for utility purposes. Mm -hmm. So that was really interesting. And then seeing that Coinbase also works with the World Economic Forum. And then seeing uh, Monty actually having talked with... uh, Jeremy a layer of circle where circle and coinbase are kind of synonymously working yeah. together yep so that really made me think like okay the odds of this guy this mysterious advisor being brian armstrong i feel like at this point is more likely than not
0: it looks just like him i like initially when i saw this i was like it looks just the head the way the, the, the black shirt and he always has like his uh a little bit of his neck showing his chest showing like if you look at his picture that's that's like him like you could tell yeah it's him. And-
1: what what kind of what kind of gave it away for me no disrespect to brian armstrong if you're watching this at all is uh he's kind of got a long forehead yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: he's like right there it's so funny
1: so yeah uh that really sold me on lcx because if uh brian armstrong the guy who's pretty much built the most prominent crypto exchange out there is choosing to advise for this other exchange well you guys can think about what might happen Yep,
0: I think LCX. If you I looked at the corn market cap uh, of, and you put it at like a billion dollar market cap, it's like a couple bucks, yeah, uh, A dollar something. It's just it's even if you're just looking at it from a price price point perspective, LCX is undervalued right now. It's it should be worth more than eight cents. But the thing is, their iOS app isn't out yet. Their revamp of their um, exchange isn't out yet. Like right, they haven't done that yet. They're they haven't yeah. launched. Their full go of the um, NFTs, uh, NFTs yet, right? Security tokens, all that stuff. Once a year or two years from now, when they're ready to to, to take it to the next level, LCX is not going to be something that you see at eight cents. You're going to see it, you know what I mean, in the dollars range. It's not going. It's not going to look back.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, that's sound- not even to mention like mm-hmm. th- they're they're going to be launching staking this year, so that's yeah. going to suck up even more of the supply. It's just
0: going to be. I am just I just can't believe that not that many people are talking about it. I think a lot of people want to have tokens that can make money for people right away so they can have more um, credibility. That's what I think. Um, not everyone's like that, but I think a lot of people want to talk about tokens that can actually turn like a 30%, 40%, 50% profit, or 100%, 1,000% in, in a short amount of time so they can use that to build their platform. You know, That's what I think that's the problem of a lot of uh, people who create content when it comes to that narrative. Rather than just saying, hey, these are tokens that I like. I'm just documenting my journey and providing information. I don't care about how many followers I'm gaining. I don't care about that. I'm just going for the – I'm in I'm in for the long run, you know, for the long haul. And I'm just going. Yeah,
1: exactly. The- like, I'm here to show you guys, like, what's happening behind the scenes, what's not being talked about and stuff.
0: hmm And um, there was, like, one thing I was going to say. It slipped my mind. Oh, I remember. I was like, one day, like that. When I, I think it's gonna happen. I'm like, I want to reach out to Monty and like have him at AMA or how host a podcast with him, like, or have you on there too, like, all of like, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, that no, would I be tried amazing. asking him. You did? Yeah, he, he's he's not big into replying. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he likes a lot of stuff, but he yeah. almost never replies. Same
0: here. He just likes. He the thing that's interesting is he did he shouted out. My, uh, I think I, I don't know if he did you as well, but I think he shot me on the AMA. He posted my link of Crypto Logic John's been covering uh LCX. Like, I was like, super, like, what
1: did he really? Oh, do for real? That's yeah. awesome,
0: man. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know. He, I was like, what? People told me in the YouTube comments, like, yo, he shot you on the AMA. And I went and went through the telegram, I'm, like, oh, he did. And it's on the LCX website where the AMA is on there. He posted that's awesome. <laughs> I was like, no way, like, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, seeing the
1: recognition.
0: Yeah, like if you go to Lcx and you type, you go to the search bar and you type in um, "CryptoLogic John," it pops up. It's freaking cool.
1: <laughs> it's so
0: cool. I was like, "No that, way!" That, that's
1: gonna be up there for many more years yeah. to come.
0: There it is, right here, and and yeah, he's I'm the one typing. that posted it. He said, "Monty." Uh, so the community host asked, had the question asked, and then he posted it right here, where it says, "Monty S- Metzger, CEO." And then he posted it. And people thought that it wasn't him that posted it. And if you go to the actual telegram, you'll see that it was sent from him. So he shouted out Lark Davis and me and myself.
1: Yeah, I'm just seeing this right now. Damn, okay. And at
0: the bottom, Monty Metzger. He's the one that posted that.
1: I, I had no idea Lark Davis had ever talked about LCX That's interesting. Because right? yeah. that's like a pretty big, like, I think this is one of the guys we can use the term influencer as.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Almost a million
1: yeah, I know. He, he's big.
0: I'm uh, yeah. That's so crazy. I think I'm excited to be a part of this journey. And that's why I said, I'm like, hey, in, ten, in five years, I want to be recognized as always. Oh, John, he was talking about LCX for the longest time. Just like how people who are in Bitcoin, you know what I'm saying? Nowadays, oh, I was in Bitcoin in 2015. I was trying to get people on. You know, I'm not going to be like a maxi or anything. But, you know, there's a bunch of tokens out there that are going to do well. VXV, oh yeah DAG, QUANT, HBAR, XRP, even the lawsuit, right? Um, even Ethereum, people who bought Ethereum like you did back in the day. Um, there's so much opportunity that we have in this generation, in this moment in time. And I see so many people just sleeping by on it. But, you know, I'm I'm grateful that I was able to gravitate towards this. However it happened, I, I felt like it was too late, but then I realized how early I actually am. You know, it still is kind of early, especially with a crash like this, (laughs) with a flash crash like this. It's I don't know how people are not paying attention when when markets are down like this. Like this is your opportunity to get in, you know. Yeah, I feel
1: like I think a big problem is a lot of people don't like they learn about. I don't even want to say learn, but they hear about all the stuff that is going to happen from crypto. So they go into it, but they kind of ape into it with all the money they have so (laughs) once it goes down they're like well shit i don't have any money left i'm just gonna like turn the screen off and like wait until stuff goes up
0: that's not the that's not that's not the way you do it you know i I don't know the right way to do it but i just know that hey you gotta be able to respect the space that's my main thing understand that we're so early and understand that you should not just put all your eggs in one basket you have to do research you have to figure out you know what I'm saying? And and find the connections, find the blueprints of what their mission is going forward and invest and know. And it's okay to move on from tokens from time to time. It's okay. You know, it's okay to 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 say, hey, this is not for me anymore. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like you can't just be gung ho on it for to ride or die. You know, you can, but the that's why I say the best thing I say is just respect the space. If you respect it which means you're doing your due diligence, you'll be fine. Like As long as you know that, hey, I'm honored and grateful to be in this space at this time. Take your time and, and make the, sac- the the recommended sacrifices to be in this place. Because you can't be a crypto investor and then never research anything, you just buy things based on the price. You're not going to yeah, make it. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> like, you, you have to do the research. You even watch a YouTube video. That's considered research. That's why it's... People like us who make content so people can consume the information. If they don't want it, if they don't know how to do it themselves. They're able to consume information that we're giving them—the news partnerships, um, connecting the dots. We're providing yeah, information. especially that's people. like
1: why we do what we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure you can totally relate to this. But the way we get all this information together to put into a simple video, we we usually have like 20 different browsers open, and we're yeah. like <laughs> we're searching like LCX Lichtenstein or Command like. F. Command F. Yeah, command F,
0: F. F. Type it
1: in. <laughs> command F, man. That is that is the trademark button I press on my laptop for sure. Yeah.
0: It, it, it just find, started finding things, going down rabbit holes, finding – I read in between the lines. Um, and that's why I fell in love with Flow. And Flow is – you know, one of the things how I found it is through researching Dapper Labs and researching a, a NBA Top Shot and then UFC, the NFL, Kitties, and then realizing – flow powers all of this and then deep diving into their connections and everything and that's just one example right you go to xrp with the iso twenty thousand twenty two, and then you go to the yeah, for world sure. economic forum
1: and you just see how these dots connect yeah engine
0: another. engines connected to, you know what i'm saying and you start looking at all this stuff like what the hell it's just it's crazy it's yeah,
1: like but, uh c- c- just because you spoke on dapper labs um I actually think it's a really interesting project and like the amount of backing it has is yeah. like definitely really interesting with like all these like big name companies behind them like It's I really think in the NFT space this could like really be one of like the trademarks especially cuz like they were in charge of the whole NBA top shot thing. Mhm.
0: And then UFC's they're making they're doing it for UFC and they're doing it they they're doing it for UFC and they're doing it for uh uh the NFL.
1: Yeah, so, like, I think when you have that, like, they're really capturing a bunch of, like, the, I want to say, like, athletic entertainment kind mm-hmm. of uh, market share.
0: Their base, their headquarters is in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. like, <laughs> very close to where I am. Yeah. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> I didn't I, even know that. They're valued at $7.6 I think that number is going to continue to rise. Um and it's just crazy to me. I'm like, like you look at Dapper Labs and like, oh, I want to invest in, you can invest in a Dapper Labs. We're going to IPO soon. You can go on link to and invest into that company. Yeah. Um, you need to be an accredited investor though to invest in them. But if you want to invest on the underlying technology, it would be flow, which is a lot of companies are going to do this. You're going to, you have to find the underlying technology that that's being used, utilized, and you find your way. Polkadot has a bunch. Um, Like it's just, it's just a rabbit hole of things. I don't want to go on a rant, but it's, it's a rabbit hole of things. and, and, I just think that we're so lucky to be able to research Google things, whereas 20 years ago you weren't able to.
1: Yeah, like, (laughs) I I don't know. I I think just, like, the overall growth of everything, especially, like, technology, just as we mentioned earlier, is just going to continue to grow faster and faster. And especially because we're seeing it flow into, like, we're seeing it blend with, like, community incentives and like behavioral mm-hmm. economics i think that's just going to accelerate it even more because now we actually have an incentive and reason that benefits us individually as humans to kind of continue growing out these networks together
0: yeah man <laughs> i'm excited for the future but yeah i i think you know i think that's a lot of content for a lot of i, I can go i can go on for another hour but okay
1: um yeah no no i <laughs> I think I could like talk on this stuff all day. I already do yeah. anyways, but <laughs> yeah the the ten minute thing did pop up again, oh, okay. if you're curious, <laughs> yeah, so I think uh with that though we we have eight minutes about right now, I think uh how would you feel if we just like left it off with like a little uh like final yeah that's fine I'm final kind of quote with that. for the community, yeah, yeah, um... so.
0: You go ahead. You you go ahead and lead the way.
1: Okay, yeah. I was just gonna say um it was absolutely awesome getting the chance to come onto your podcast. And we we still made the promise that you gotta come on tokenized TV. Yeah, I will. I will, yeah. (laughs) All right, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So just a little uh, thing to leave the community off with. Just remember that this space is moving very exponentially, but with that also comes lots of up and down swings. And mm-hmm. so the most important thing is just to remember the long-term trajectory of where the space is going, what is going to happen, the evidence we've seen to believe that, and just stay strong to your conviction.
0: That's beautifully said. I'm looking forward to going on your podcast. I'm, thank you for coming on. And like you said, realize if you are looking at the crypto space right now, you're in the right direction. If you're, you're, if you're, if you're questioning what's, what is this about? Keep following that intuition. That's 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 what's gonna take you deeper and deeper into this space, and then you'll start your life will change. I look at life so much differently now, being in the crypto space and meeting amazing people, and it changed my life in a way where I never this wasn't planned for me. You know what I mean? I don't know if if for you this wasn't something that was planned for me. I didn't wake up, you know, oh, I'm gonna be a crypto investor in the future. It, it just fell into my lap, and I fell in love with it. And it's like this is gonna open up so many doors. For me, in the future, just by being in this space and and understanding that how early we are, and I think that a lot of people have that realization. The way you think about life, everything is ever since COVID happened. The way life is going is going to be completely different than what you probably ever thought it was going to be. And I think crypto actually is an anchor for can be an anchor for a lot of people if you if you find your way to it. And that's what I would say to somebody: if you have that intuition, follow it. If you want to, you know what I mean. NFTs even. So, you know, thank you again for coming on. We gotta do this again sometime, and like you know, we're probably gonna get yeah, hopefully we get Monty we on here one day, <laughs> like us three, or on your on your podcast, whatever.
1: Like that'd be awesome. But yeah, yeah, like, that's the dream. Well, we're we're gonna make it happen for sure. It will manifest. But, uh, it. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, before we leave it off, I just want to follow up on that point you added. How life has completely changed since like I've started doing all this mm-hmm. stuff. I see the world so differently. I especially see how I spend my own money really differently now. And I just see the concepts of like interacting with a community and like (laughs) understanding the greater scope of what's happening in this world, just so much more. And it's, I I always say this, it goes way beyond just learning about crypto. Like when you study, I guess I'm going down another rabbit hole real quick. So hopefully we got time for that, but (laughs) When, when you're studying LCX, you're not just studying a crypto company. You're studying laws based in Liechtenstein and mm-hmm. how a business runs. When you're studying vector space AI, you're not studying another crypto project. You're studying biosciences. Yep. You're studying how uh, genetic particles work together. And when you're studying constellation, DAG, you're studying cybersecurity and data encryption. So yep. really, like what we're learning in this space is really valuable. And don't think ever like even for a second that what you're learning will become invaluable and that it's a waste of time, no matter who tells you
0: like quant with interoperability. That's like my, that's my favorite word in crypto. That's what drew me into quant because I'm like, we need things to interoperate with each other around the world globally. We need things to be able to connect with one another. And exactly being the queen of interoperability, that's, that's going to change the game and being the underlying technology that no one even knows is being used. XRP. No one's gonna be know that it's being used in the future. That's how I look at it. And I'm like, we're gonna be able to be a part of that history on the positive side of history by being in it early enough. Like you yeah, said, exactly. You said so you're one, gonna learn. One a
1: lifetime opportunity. Yep,
0: you're gonna learn so much just from being in the space, and you can take that with you forever. They don't teach you stuff in school.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> but yeah, on that um, note,
1: I'll oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, say, say what you were going to say. Oh,
0: I'll say, but I, on that note, you know, that's going to be a wrap for the for the, this episode. I want to thank all the listeners. I want to thank Tokenizer for being a, one of the one great guests on this podcast that that providing so much value, information, and bringing awareness to so much things like economics and everything like that. So I'm thankful for having you on. A lot of people are going to learn a lot, I think, from listening to this. But, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next uh, podcast, next video.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot for having me again. Mm -hmm. Peace out, everyone. Peace.